Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. with us today. Praise the Lord. And they're sitting on the second row. Amen. Amen. Let's look this morning, if you don't mind, to a familiar story, 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9, I will read from chapter 9, chapter 10, and chapter 16. Not the whole chapter, so. But, uh, Let's look at verses 1 and 2 of 1 Samuel chapter 9. Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Athaiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel, (coughs) pardon me, a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. 1 Samuel 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil, And poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Slip to chapter 16, please. Uh, 1 Samuel, look at verse 7. First Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Bear with me. Slide down to verse 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. For this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. I'd like to preach a message this morning with this title. The Tale of Two Kings. The tale of two kings. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord today. <clears throat> I 
Israel cried to Samuel, their prophet, and they said, we want a king. We want a king. Notice, they didn't say, we need a king. They said, we want a king. Okay? Give us a king. And the reasoning they, they gave to the prophet Samuel for wanting a king was so they could be like other nations. We just want to be like everybody else. We just want to be like everybody else. They thought that they would fare better if they were under the same type governmental system as other nations were. But what Israel had forgotten was that God had set them apart. God had sanctified them to be a peculiar people. A peculiar people. Now, a peculiar person doesn't fit in with everybody else. Right? And they don't fit in because of their peculiarities. God said, I want a people that are peculiar. I want a people that I can recognize in and among the world. We got to be careful in this hour that we live. 2017 We've got to be careful as a church family that we don't fall into the trap of I want to be like Well, why aren't we like They're doing this over here. Why aren't we doing that over here? Huh? I'll tell you why. Because God wants you to be a peculiar people. Don't get it confused with being an oddball. We're not oddballs. We're just peculiar. We're just different. I love it when my wife and I go into a place of business, crowded restaurants. I mean, I feel like I get to walk around with a queen every day. And when I take her into a restaurant, I love to just watch people. I love it when folks are, who are not uh, of the same religious persuasion that we are. That's a nice way to put it. Uh, they're not the same religious persuasion. We, I love it when they 
come up and compliment my wife. I love your hair. Oh, that is so beautiful. How do you do that? But Israel thought we'll, we'll do better if we're like everybody else. But God wants us to be different. He likes us as we are. Holy. Separated. Godly. Pure. Righteous. Worshiping. Praising. Praying. Talking in tongues. He loves that. He never intended for his people to be like other nations of people. He intended for us. He wanted us to be different. He wanted Israel to live under a theocratic governmental system. But they wanted a monarchical governmental system where an earthly king would rule over them. Surprise, surprise, surprise. God yielded to their request. God yielded to Israel's request for an earthly king. I don't want you to forget this. God will grant your request. Even if it's going to be bad for you. Huh? The word of the Lord tells us that he will give us the desires of our heart. Some things we desire may not be things that we need. I desire another Martin guitar. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the one I got's up underneath my bed. I don't even play it. The one I got was my dad's. Made in 1943. I don't really need another Martin, but it sure would be nice if the Lord would lay it on somebody's heart. Wouldn't have to be him. But since he does have a multitude of them. Well, this day was going pretty good. But God will grant you, he will grant you your request many times, even if it's going to be bad for you. And This is the reason we need to be very careful to pray in the will of God. We need to pray in the will of God. Saul was a man of kingly visage. He looked like a king. 
I saw a young man walking here a while ago. And he almost had to duck to get through the door. Broad shoulders. Big guy. Is he still here? He's upstairs. Wow. I thought, buddy, if he's going to be downstairs, I'm fixing to use him. He's going to be soft for me. <laughs> Since this is Sunday school and all. But Saul had everything, everything about him scream king. Right, right. Huh? Right. He, was, he was king material. The Bible said he was good, goodlier than all of the other men. He stood head and shoulders taller than everybody else. Stronger, taller, more stately, more regal in appearance. He just looked like a king. I have fun. I have fun going in strange restaurants and towns all over the country. And, and I like to get there at lunchtime. And sit and watch them come in. And I like to guess what they do for a living. Lawyer, 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 doctor, nurse, you know. Because you can, you can usually tell if that lawyer comes in, he's got that power suit on. That dark charcoal with a pinstripe or a, or a black or a navy. Navy. He don't usually wear yellow pocket squares, though. Huh? He's got that power suit on. He's got those shoes shined. He walks in. His shoulders are squared. He's got that button-down Oxford shirt on. Yeah, he does. Freshly starched. He looks the part, doesn't he? When the people saw Saul, they saw what looked like a king. Mm. That's what you want in a king. Somebody that looks like a king. You want somebody who not only has the smarts for the job, right? Want somebody that knows what they're doing, but you also want somebody that has the outward appearance of a leader. Oh, uh, turn the tape off. Got to say something. I have problems. I have problems with preachers. Buckle up real tight. Okay, I'll get off this in just a second. This is just me. Paul said this was me talking. Okay, this is not the Lord, but this is me. When I get up in the morning, I get fully clothed, shave my face, brush my teeth, comb my hair, And I'm ready to go. If I need to go to the hospital, I'm ready to go. Right? I've got my shirt tail tucked in my pants. I don't normally wear blue jeans. I don't wear them enough that when I do wear a pair of jeans, my kids talk about it. (laughs) Dad, I didn't know you had any jeans. But Saul looked like a king. He looked like a king. Things started out well for him once God anointed him through Samuel. Things started out well. He was 
He was even found prophesying among the prophets. Yes, he was. Oh, this is great. This, our, our king is spiritual. That's what we need in Israel, a spiritual king. Come on, somebody going to help me preach you are. We need a spiritual king. We don't need a joker. The old line used to be a smoker and a joker, right? That's what they used to say. We don't need somebody that's standing on the corner always trying to make everybody laugh. We need a king that's got some spiritual intuition about him. We need a leader that's ready. He's able to touch God. He's able to be touched by God. And it started that way for Saul. He got among the prophets and before he knew it, he was prophesying. Woo, glory to God. That's, it's always good to get amongst people. Yeah. That serve the same God you do. It's always good to get around those that know how to pray. And talk in tongues. And serve God. Saul got among the prophets and before he knew it, some of that prophet had rubbed off on him. I hope y'all reading between the lines because it'll save me an hour. It went well for him. So far, so good. Our king can be used of God. But it wasn't long that things went downhill. They went downhill fast. God sent word to Saul. He said, King, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go down and I want you to have a, have a battle with the Amalekites. I want you to go to war with the Amalekites and because of what they've done to my people before your time. He said, I want you to destroy every one of them. Yes. Yes. Remember that story? Yes, I want you to destroy every one of them. I mean, plus their children, their wives, their cattle, their dogs. Burn their mattresses. Burn their bedclothes. Yeah. Get rid of every one of them. Yes. Everything that pertains to the Amalekites, I want you to get rid of it. Yes, Here again, please read between the lines. Yes. It'll save us a lot of time. He wanted, God wanted this people destroyed completely from the face of the earth. And he said, since, since I've got Saul as the king, and he's head and shoulders above all men, and since he's already being used of God when he gets around the prophets, surely he'll be able to obey this command. Wrong. Wrong. Saul disobeyed that commandment, and he spared King Agag. He spared the king of the Amalekites. Plus, he spared certain choice animals from their flocks. The best-looking animals that they had that could be used for sacrifice. Saul said, man, we don't want to kill that one. I mean, that's grade A prime, grade A USDA beef right there. We don't want to kill it. We can use that one. Be careful what you're saving back. Come on, come on. I do feel at home today. Come on, come on. All right. Be careful what you're saving back because you think God will use it. If God says it's the wrong thing for you to have, 
you might as well just go ahead and get rid of it because it's going to do you more harm in the end. Mm -mm. Somebody say, help him, Lord. Help him, Lord. But when, when Saul disobeyed God, this act of disobedience set Saul on a collision course of spiritual and monarchical disaster. Saul's jealous spirit reared its ugly head later and it sent him into a downward spiral until near the end of his life we find Saul reaching for somebody that can touch God for him. Oh, my, my, my. Early on he was in the midst of the prophets communicating with God for himself. But when he got so far away from it, he went and found him a lady who dealt in familiar spirits, the witch of Endor. And he said, I need you to call me up the prophet. I need to get a hold of the prophet again. I can't get him on my cell phone. He must have changed his number. I tried to text him and I can't get a hold of him. Would you please Try to get him for me. Be careful what you, my Lord, be careful what you let your jealous spirit do in your life. I know this is 12 gauge preaching with birdshot just everywhere. But I don't believe the Lord makes mistakes. In the motel last night, I felt this. I felt this message on my heart. And I said, I don't know, Lord. I, I don't know. I don't know these people. But God knows these people. God knows these people. He said, I need you to get this man up for me. Ultimately, the kingdom was taken from him. Right? Taken from King Saul. And a new, a new king was found. And he was found in the household of Jesse. This time God said, I'm not interested so much in physical strength. I'm not looking so much for outward appearance. I'm not looking for masculine appeal. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking at the heart this time. I'm looking at the heart first. And if they're big and strong, that's good. But my first, my first thing is I'm going to look at the heart. Ooh, glory, 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 glory. You may not be the strongest dude at the gym. You may not have that masculine uh, giant look, you know, all muscles, brawn. You may be bald-headed like me. You may be humped over like I am. But if you can let God use you. Come on. Come on now. Come on. You may think your useful days are over. You may think you've already reached your prime and gone over the hill. But God's not looking for outward appearance. He's looking for a heart. Oh, hallelujah. This time I'm looking for a man 
after my own heart. This time I'm looking for a man after my own heart. Now you can take that one of two ways. You can either take it both ways. You can be after God's heart, which means you might be chasing after it, trying to get it, or you may be cut out of the same cloth. Right? Made from the same pattern. God said, I want a man who is after my own heart. Surely, surely with all the men in Israel, surely there is at least one man who feels what I feel. Ah, surely there is at least one man who can lead from a position of dependence upon God rather than dependence upon the arm of the flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, forget your arm of the flesh and depend on him. I said forget your arm of ability and depend on him. Hallelujah. And God found his man. God found his man. He really wasn't a man yet. Just a boy. He found him in Jesse's house. Jesse's older, his stronger, his warrior-like boys had all passed before Samuel. Right? They had all gone by. Listen to me. God is still searching for anybody who would be a king and a priest in his realm. He's looking for those that he can make to become. I've made you to become kings and priests. Why kings and priests? Because kings represent physical leadership. Huh? Kings represent physical leadership. Priests represent spiritual leadership. Okay? And God said, I've got my own realm. Where is that realm? It is the realm of the spirit. It is the realm of the eternal. Huh? It is the realm where physical stature where societal placement, where educational prowess are not even requirements for acceptance. I know men and have known men that had a third grade education, had to teach themselves to read, who went on to become some of the greatest Bible teachers and preachers of this one God apostolic message. I know men who could not put, they couldn't write two sentences. Barely could write their name and somebody had to teach them how to do that when they were of age. But when the Spirit of the Lord, they were willing to get on their knees and pray and seek God and talk to Him long enough to let the Spirit override the weaknesses of the flesh. My God, let us have some people who are willing to pray longer than they play. Pray longer than they practice. Hallelujah. I may, pray, I may try to preach something nice tonight. But I, I thought about this. This is Sunday morning, Sunday school class. 
David was just a young, basically inexperienced person as far as the ways of, uh, of warfare went. Now he knew how to he knew how to sling a rock out of a sling, but he didn't do that. Watch out now. He didn't do that until he said, I want to invoke the name of the Lord. You didn't hear me. I said, David didn't sling the rock until he had invoked the name of the Lord of hosts. Huh? Don't get the cart before the horse. Don't get your physical ability out there and think, well, I can do it with this. If it don't work, then I'll pray. Why don't you just go ahead and pray first? He might have been inexperienced in the ways of war. But he knew how to take his hands. And the Spirit of the Lord got a hold of him. And he would rip a line apart. Rip a bear. You know why? He said, those are my sheep. Those are my sheep. Those are my responsibility. And I'll go to war with you in order to save my sheep. A real king will lay his own life on the line to save his sheep. He was the youngest of that bunch of brothers, and there were seven of them, I believe. They were all soldiers. David's extent of one-on-one -on -one conversation without near anybody was trying to get the sheep in line. Right? Hey, get over here. He talked with his staff and the rod. Come on. I said, David talked with his rod and his staff. Ooh-wee. Man, y'all going to have to quit this because I feel so many things in the spirit. He led with his rod and his staff. He talked with his rod and his staff. That staff, that staff was what he would reach out and get a wayward lamb with. That crook on the end of that staff, he'd reach and he'd grab that line, uh, grab that lamb off that ledge and pull him back. That rod was what he would use to correct with. David said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Oh, let me tell you something about the rod. About the rod. You remember, you remember the Ark of the Covenant? Anybody remember that? The Ark of the Covenant? That, that had on top of it the mercy seat? Right? That golden top where the Spirit of the Lord would come down and dwell? Guess where Aaron's rod was kept? In the mercy seat. Inside the mercy seat. So that rod could only be as long as that mercy seat on the inside. Because it had to fit in there. Not only that, that rod was always covered with mercy. I said it was always covered with mercy. 
any preacher, any pastor, anybody that tries to wield the rod without mercy, you are doing the wrong thing. Well, that's off the subject. But David, David said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He knew how to talk to sheep. He knew how to communicate with sheep. But God had already determined that Saul had failed the king test. And now it was time to find somebody who could and who would succeed Saul as king. So when David's brothers came by, when they came by Samuel for inspection and examination, first one and then another of those young men were rejected. Sorry, Eliab. Sorry, Eliab. I know you got broad shoulders. I know you're the oldest. I know you've been a soldier for a long time. I know you know how to wield a sword. I know you can probably speak better than most folks, but you're just not what I'm looking for this time. Sorry, Abinadab. I know that your name means my father is willing. And I know you'd probably be willing to try to be king. But not this time, okay? Maybe next time. Maybe next time, just don't give up. Sorry, Shama. I know you're a strong guy. I know you're well able to fight. And I know that your name means my God is there. I know that you'd be faithful. I know that you'd always be there when we needed you. But you're just not what I'm looking for in a king. All the rest of David's brothers were rejected as well. Finally, after they were all interviewed, Samuel asked Jesse, said, you got anybody else? You got any more boys? Well, there's one more. There's one more little guy. Trust me, Samuel, when he walks in, you're not going to think anything about him. He's not, he's nothing, look, he don't look anything like king material. In fact, he's not going to smell like a king either when he comes in here. Come on now. I mean, he's my, he's my shepherd boy. He's the guy that, uh, he's not big enough to do anything much, so we just, let him run out in the fields with the sheep and just sort of keep an eye on them. And he smells like the outdoors. He has to grab those sheep by the neck and pull them back. He probably smells like sheep. You're not going to think much of this one. He's the youngest, least experienced. Samuel said, go get him. I'll be the judge. I'll be the judge of this. So they got him in there. As soon as he walked in the room, God didn't even, have, God didn't even give Samuel time to take a good sniff. He didn't give him time to inhale. When David walked in the room, God spoke to Samuel and said, Rise and anoint him. This is the man Rise and anoint him, for this is he. God said, I found my king. 
I've preached all morning just to get to right here. What is the tale of the two kings? What is the tale of the two kings? The tale of the two kings is this. Saul was chosen because he looked good. David was chosen because he had a good heart. Saul failed because of his disobedience and he never recovered David also failed, but when he failed, he repented and he recovered all. The tale of two kings. One failed and never recovered. The other failed and repented and recovered all. Here's the story, ladies and gentlemen, behind the story. A good heart. The right kind of heart will trump talent, Strength and ability every time. I don't know about you, but I want to be what God is looking for. I want to be what God is looking for. I know I'm human. And as a human, I have failed. And if I live long enough, I will fail again. They are no doubt in my future, but with a clean heart. And with the right spirit that is in me, I can be. And I will be restored. And when I am restored, I will recover all. Would you like to know why David was a man after God's own heart? Here's why David succeeded as God's king for Israel. Found in Psalms chapter 51, verses 10 through 13. David, evidently in his prayer closet. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Verse 11 is a man who seems to have run out of options. And he cries, cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me. The joy of thy salvation. Yes, sir. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Amen. Verse 13 is such an inspirational and an instructional verse. Because he said, then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted. Unto thee. David said, Once I'm where I need to be, once I'm cleansed, once I am renewed, and once I am restored, and once I have been upheld with thy free 
spirit, David said, here's what I'll do. I will gladly, I will gladly be a transgressor's home Bible study. Did you hear me? I'll gladly become a transgressor's home Bible study. They can use me for an example. They can use me for an example. Because I used to not be where I needed to be. I did things that I should not have done. I said things that I should not have said. I thought thoughts that I should never have thought. But I have repented. I have been cleansed. I have been renewed. I have been restored. I can once again feel the free spirit of God coursing through my body. He said, I'll be a... I'll be a home Bible study for a transgressor. And in so doing, I will teach transgressors thy way. Like my little song said this morning, you might have fallen. You might have failed. You might have done things, said things, thought things, gone places, gotten involved into things that you should never have done. But aren't you glad there's an altar? The writer of Hebrews said, we have an altar. We have an altar. Hmm. I want to be accepted by God. Amen? Amen. I want God's acceptance. Because if he he puts that check mark on me and says, oh, yeah, 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 that's a good one right there. That's a a good one right there. That's that's a good one right there. Check, 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 check. Yeah, I've looked them over. I've I've talked to them. I've watched them. I've I've heard them. Hmm. And in them I find no evil. In them I find no wrong. In them I find things that I can use for my kingdom's sake. I accept them. Don't you want to be accepted? The word of the Lord calls it, it says that they were accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. In other words, they were accepted into that family of beloved people of God. Those that God really loved. Stand with me, please. The tale of two kings. God, don't let me be like Israel's first king. His name was Saul. Though he looked the part. I said, though he looked the part. There was fault found in him. And then he was rejected as king. But Lord, let me be like David. Let me be like David. There you are. I was going to use you this morning. You was going to be my Saul. Amen. That one that stood head and shoulders above all of us. Let me be like David. In other words, let me be dependent. Let me be dependent upon you, God, for my strength, 
Let me be dependent upon you, God, for my help. Huh? Oh, David said, David said one time, he said, there's only one thing that I desire. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that I'm going to seek after. What was it? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. Let me be like David, always relying on God, who is always above me in order to sustain me here below. Amen. I want a heart after God, don't you? The tale of two kings. Who will you beat this morning? Who will you be this morning? Which person will you be? Saul or a David? In David's fights, in David's skirmishes, he depended on God for his help. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God help us today. God help us today. Let us, O oh God, choose to be like David. Who was a man after your own heart. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.